It looks like the clock is about to strike midnight on this Cinderella story. It's uh, refreshing, yet uh, displeasing to the eye. Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. In the dying seconds! Unbelievable! They wouldn't say die! That just shows that they didn't come to play. They really come to play here at the MCG tonight. Anyway, <laughs> let's get stuck into this. <laughs> Welcome to another week of They Came to Play, the podcast where Danny McGinley and I limp through the weekend's football action and try and make sense of it. Uh, hello, Danny McGinley. Hello, Lima. I've got big news. Uh, we'll, we'll bring in our guest, but uh, uh, just, by the way, limp through? We don't yeah. limp. No, we limp through. We, we fly through. Oh, sorry, we fly through. We we. <laughs> Soar like eagles. Yeah, that's us. Oh, eagles, bad, <laughs> yeah, bad term for this week. The eagles aren't exactly soaring right now. And our replacement, Tess Armstrong, uh, this week. It is a wonderful pleasure uh, to welcome into the studio former co-host of mine on ABC Grandstand, Ange Pippos. Hello. Hello, Levo, Danny. Yes, how exciting to be here. It's, it's great to have you. And you know what? It's a good time to talk about sport, Ange. <gasps> my gosh, my head is spinning. Mm, before we start, I've got just got to tell you the big news before we get into anything. Uh, yes. On uh, Saturday morning at Oz kick oh, yeah, at what's the Cougars. Yep. Um, one of the coaches uh, couldn't do, late scratching. I think uh, possibly woke up, sore throat, something, isolated himself. I was suddenly talked over by Amadeus. Uh, it's not his real name. Uh, it's just uh, what we call him uh, down at the footy club. And he said, mate, can you run a few drills today? Can you coach? So from here on, I would like to be referred to as coach. Okay. Uh, from okay. forevermore. So, Lima, not only am I coach, I'm off giving you an opportunity. Would you like to come down to the Cougars and be my coach beard? And be your <laughs> be your assistant. Well, we're really setting up a Ted Lasso type situation exactly. here. If you could grow a moustache. I will. I've got the beard of the assistant. This and, Ange, do you want to come in as the second assistant? Well, I was going to say, if they're called the Cougars, aren't I the natural fit? <laughs> Ange. Perfectly qualified. Yeah, the, the logo is actually a picture of you on the, on the Guernseys. I am the coach. We've, we've got someone with real life experience here today. So, yeah, have you watched Ted Lasso, Ange? Am I the only one who hasn't seen oh, it? You've got, season two is out and it is, spec, it is as good as to. the first season. Yeah. It's on uh, the list. It's After one, the Olympics. Uh, after the, uh, yeah, after the Olympics. But, te- yeah, Ted Lasso, I. I got to about episode three of season one, and I, it was one of those things that was a real page turner. And I kind of, but at no point before about episode three or four did I find myself going, "Oh, this is really great." Oh, really? But I just kept watching it. Yeah. And then eventually, I went, "This show is awesome. It's so good." And it mm. rewards rewatching. If you go back and watch the yeah. first episode, there's so many jokes that you missed. I've only just seen Ozark. My, oh. my, my skill is to watch something two years after everybody else has seen it. <laughs> That's a should- smart way to do it. You should try this. There's a show out called Game of Thrones. <laughs> I haven't heard of it. <laughs> Breaking Bad. I did watch Sopranos about 10 years after everyone else. Yeah. And I was going on radio. I was, I was watching going, oh, my God, have you seen it? Oh, <laughs> yes, Limo. Six feet it. under. I mean, I just can't. For some reason, I'm just not in the groove to watch stuff when it's ready and no, available. I just do it years later. Once it's all finished, you get to just do it all. You don't have to wait for years afterwards. I That's why I'm waiting for the end of Mass View at Home. It's been running for 50 years. <laughs> right. I'm just going to wait till it's over. Right. I hope Jesus survives it all. <laughs> I'm going to do that with Days of Our Lives. Um, I worry, though, if a show, if someone recommends a TV show 
So then I go. So Bosch is an example, mm-hmm. which I think is up to about season six. What is it, Bosch? It's called Bosch. It's on it's Amazon. It's on Amazon soup. Prime. It's a yeah. Uh, it's a cop thing. Okay. In LA, Kel loves it, and loads of people have recommended it. But I went to start watching it. It's up to season seven. I'm like, I can't go back to season one. It's too long. <laughs> That's too long ago. I feel like the so. But much has happened since then that season one might be a bit rubbish. I always check how many seasons there are because if it's too much of a commitment, yes. I find that intimidating. Like, yeah. When am I going to find the time to yep. do seven Co- seasons correct. or something? Yep. So I like what I, you know what I like the most? A four-parter. Yeah. Oh, I just like a four-parter like Six Chernobyl. episodes, we're done. Bang, done. Should or a three-parter. Dr. Death. I, I haven't done that How yet. How many episodes? Oh, I think it's four, and it's about an hour of each episode. Good. Then tools down, oh, we're done. Be, uh, maybe it's five episodes. Anyway, it's so good. True story about a doctor who, anyway, that's kind of in the title. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me. <laughs> so they live on a street, and it's called Sesame. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen all the ads yeah. for it. So, okay, that's it's, good. It's excellent. All right. And, de- and deeply disturbing. Um, but let's, uh, on a brighter note, let's discuss the Olympics, a yes. sporting event that I thought was going to be uh, a bit of a joke, a bit of a shambles, and quite frankly, disappointing, which the opening ceremony was. But ever since then, it's just been magnificent, Ange. It's been superb. I wasn't sure whether they should go ahead either. I thought, really, yeah. is this the right thing to do? I haven't been able to tear myself away from it. Yeah. It's been highly emotional, which I think is to do with the times that we're living in. I agree. Because I, every emotion mm. over the past 18 months, for me, has been heightened. The highs are high and the lows are low. <laughs> yes. And with the Olympics, I'm just crying my way through it. I can't help it. Yeah, I, you're absolutely right. After the 18 months the world has had, mm. and you know, you really do feel that unifying factor. Around the games, unless you're a Jamaican sprinter, did you see? <laughs> did you see the hundred meters? They're not besties. Did you? Did you see I it, Danny? Is this the women's? The women's. The, the gold medalist. Uh, obviously, she crosses the line first. Two and three are also Jamaican, so they've got the one, two, three, triple. Which every occasion that's ever happened ever, the three hug and embrace and do a lap of honor together, yeah. holding a flag. I tell you what, bronze and silver wanted nothing to do with gold. <laughs> they wanted nothing to well, do with gold. They no. didn't do their lap together. Bronze and oh. silver went off and did their own thing. The yeah. hug that did happen was very cold. Yeah. I've seen Terrible. this movie. I know what happens next. What? They all become friends. When they all form the bobsled team and they, by the end they put aside <laughs> right. their differences <laughs> And they're just there and they win, They get a plucky fourth place at the Winter Olympics. Well, they made no effort to sugarcoat it. It was so obvious. And I felt sorry for the Cote d'Ivoire woman. She's come fourth in the past three games, I think. Oh, oh has she? Oh. Definitely the last two. Can I still say Ivory Coast or is that disrespectful now? Uh, oh, I'm certainly the man to ask. Yes. Yeah, right. I, <laughs> you said it very well. Cote d'Ivoire. I don't, no, is that uh, – yeah, is that uh, – well, maybe it is. got to move I just can't pronounce – you can call it Ivory Coast. Cote d'Ivoire. That one. Do you know the other thing that has occurred to me watching, am I the only woman in Australia who's a crap swimmer? <laughs> I mean, you know, women yeah. can swim yeah. and I'm a terrible swimmer. This I why don't we know brought why you in. I didn't. <laughs> this is an intervention, <laughs> Ange. Get in the pool. <laughs> Ange, if it makes you feel any better, I mean, I can swim, but after few, 
once I've swum 50 metres, I have to hang on to the edge of the pool and have a little bike <laughs> and get my breath back before I do another 50. People are saying it constantly. We need to put a civilian in there just to show us how hard it is. Yes. Pick yeah. a random person. Because I was watching uh, the swimming and my wife was, when we were in lockdown, was Zooming a friend. It was, so we were the three of us were watching together. <laughs> and I heard over the course of one evening, I heard the following things from my wife and her friend. This is Steph. Yeah. Uh, Rosara, friend right? of the show, Fr- yeah. Fox Footies, Fox, Steph Fox Footies, Steph, Steph Rosara. Yeah. Uh, Steph said at one point, "I'm quite a good swimmer. I wonder how I'd go against the last place swimmer." Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, then also during the boxing, it was the Australian girl was fighting in the boxing uh, who had the backstory involving a brother. Mm. Uh, Kel at one point goes, her defence is terrible. You've got to get your arms up. Uh, and, then, and then during the men's gymnastics, which they really spent a long time yeah, watching the men's gymnastics. When the, Ange, you know the, the, the rings? Yes. Which is the most unbelievable show of strength in world sport is when they slowly push themselves up. They hold themselves horizontal. Yep. Like in midair, like they've got wings, right? And then just they raise their legs up over their head into a handstand. It's just the freakish amount of strength involved. Mm-hmm. And then he's in the handstand while he's trying to settle. He's just wobbling a bit. And my wife, this bloke's trained for five years to do this. My wife goes, oh, you can't wobble that much in your handstand. <laughs> <laughs> we all become experts over the course of 16 days. Oh, yeah. yeah. We become experts. And we like to know how we'd go against them. My, um, You know how everyone has a secret favourite sport? Mm. Yeah. Mine is weightlifting. Oh, great. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I think it's because I'm the – I'm 50 kilos, so I'm fascinated by <laughs> how my, how many of me they can lift. They can lift. <laughs> so I always do the maths and I say to my son, mm, that's, you know, one and a half of me or two of me. But, I mean, it's just great to watch. It is it's, so compelling. Yeah. It's interesting you should raise that, answer. I interviewed Glenn Robbins this morning for Have You Been Paying Attention? And we were talking about the Olympics and Glenn said he wishes in the weightlifting, instead of weights on each end of the bar, they put something there that gave you a proper sense of how oh, heavy it was. Like phone books or something. Or, or a washing machine on yes. each end if it's the heavyweights. <laughs> you know, or he said, Grant, he didn't say it's people, he said Grant, maybe a Grant Denya <laughs> <laughs> for the lighter weights. Yes. <laughs> these are the things that Paris needs to think about for next. Uh, yes. like this Olympics has been an absolute success because of the pandemic, but the next, in four years, we'd hopefully, you know, maybe COVID-23 will have killed us all by then. Yeah. But by then, it's going to be a bit ho-hum. They need to think of these things. Washing machine, weightlifting, yes. uh, puts of Civilians in, and uh, someone else had the great idea of uh, who maybe they should uh, combine three sports, and then so if anyone who hasn't got a medal yet gets to sort of compete in a last made-up sport on the last day. Can I? Well, my idea. We'll get back to the weightlifting in just a second. My idea I had over the weekend, which I thought was a stroke of genius. They haven't had the tug of war since 1904. Ah, now we're talking in St. Louis. Yes, was the last time they had this tug of war. Bring back the tug of war, but all your tug of war team members have to be already on the Olympic team. Yes. So you've got to bring them in. <laughs> and they haven't won a medal. Uh, from other sports. That's a great yeah, idea. Yeah, right. So you're going, to have a, you're going to have a discus throw, a shot putter. Yeah. A couple others. You've got to be an even split of men and women yes. as well. You're Man. in charge of Paris, right? You're in charge of Paris. You'd feel bad if there was a rhythmic gymnast in there. There's just some, you know, some 47 kilo little little lady. <laughs> Nothing wrong with us. Um, what What about last night though? During the high jump final, everyone is standing up in their lounge rooms to measure oh, how yeah. high that bar is. <laughs> it's like what? I got. 
my partner Simon to, like, to, to, to put it onto the wall. And it, my, I mean, I know I'm small, but it's it's crazy. I mean, was it two metres 37? Yes. In the end? Wow. Which is, what's that, about seven foot four or something? I'm going to actually do it while no, we're chatting here. I need look. to be in feet and inches for me to properly really? get it. Yes. What are you, mm. from the 1900s? <laughs> yeah, I actually am. Well, I, yes. Largely. Yes. <laughs> I, seven I'm, bushels high. <laughs> I agree with you. When, when babies are born, I don't. I need um, pounds, not, I do, not kilos. I, I do this in my stand-up at the moment that uh, Australians can't fathom certain things in metric, like baby weight and penis size. For some reason, oh. men oh. are always talking about inches, but if you go millimetres, I'm 420. It says 7.77, so does that mean 7 foot 7 inches or 7... It's your measurement. How do you not know? No, I'm putting it in Google. <laughs> so uh, what did you think about the two gold medals? So I love it. Yeah, I did too. Beautiful story. Complete opposite of the Jamaican sprinters. When you talk about the Olympic spirit, that was peak Olympic spirit. Yes. And also the thing you have to remember in these sports, which I got a little lesson on when I uh, interviewed, who was our pole vaulter who won gold in Beijing? Steve Hooker. Steve Hooker. And... I was talking to Steve Hooker about whether – I asked him whether he's closer to his Australian teammates or the other pole vaulters, and he said, well, the other pole vaulters. Because you tour the world with them all the time and you compete against the same people everywhere. Yes. So these two high jumpers, they've been mates for years. Oh, they should and form they're... a bo- bobsled team as well. Right. <laughs> oh, and wasn't it beautiful the way that they jumped around and embraced yeah. each other? It was yeah. just fantastic. I loved it. But, of course, I checked Twitter – and there are people out there who didn't like it. Yeah, you know right, didn't like it. It's got to be one winner only. You know who they are. That's St Kilda fans going, oh, so we could both get a Premiership Cup if there's a draw? <laughs> what? Come on. But no. these two jumpers could not have gone on for much longer. It was a, apparently a long competition. It was a really yeah. – it went for three hours or whatever it was. So that they probably wouldn't have cleared any other And the heights. guy – interestingly, the guy who got bronze jumped, cleared the same height. But he had knocked the bar off early in the competition, which yes. meant he was third. But wouldn't it have been great if it was a three-way? Yes. Would they have said yes for a th- even three gold? Do we take? Can't three? you just like cancel the whole Olympics and just give everyone a gold medal? Is everyone a great? Yeah, yeah, we'll take it. We'll take the gold medal. Okay, then yeah. I, I would complain about that. I mean, and who wouldn't take the gold? Hell and yeah. it's nice to share. I mean, I don't know. It's a bit like Mark Rusciuto said in sharing a Brownlow. You know, it's kind of nice to yeah. to share the experience. Share the joy. And uh, and they had those very different reactions. Such an Italian reaction from the Italian. He was very throwing the arms around, very animated. And the... Qatari. Qatari, very <laughs> reserved and just wiped a couple of tears and put his sunglasses yeah. on. <laughs> it was really cool. I must say, I, uh, I enjoyed watching the Italians and I'll just leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ange, did you enjoy... Did you celebrate the winner of the 100 metre final? Yeah. He was quite – I'll tell you what, those 100-metre runners, as far as specimens of the human form, are unbelievable. Yes, yes. I just find, I just find myself gazing into, the, into those men's rigs. <laughs> How do you even do that? How is that even possible? It wasn't just – And they're, not, they're clearly not on the – well, are they on the gear? I'm guessing not because they get tested so not. much. Yeah. Mm. So that's largely natural we're talking about. 
Well, you know, and they in, wear blue. And everyone, this is my theory, everyone looks better in blue. Really? Yeah. So that's why you're at right. yeah, except, I think, I except the Carlton, Carlton Football Club. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't helped them much. That's too, that is too dark. It's that, that, that bright, that vibrant blue. Royal blue. Royal blue. Yeah. Look, looks pretty well, much looks good on everybody. The Italian blue. Well, you've got a bit of the, the Greek, the Greek colours. And a I've got the Greek a blue. A pop of blue. Yeah. Not much yeah. to cheer about, though, at the Olympics. Has Greece, Greece done all right or not really? Uh... Hasn't really troubled the scorers yeah, too right, much. Okay. <laughs> I noticed the fit, now back to the weightlifting. Philippines first ever gold medal. You would have shed a tear oh, yeah. over that one, surely. <laughs> I, like I said, I've cried through the whole thing. Like it's asked me when I haven't cried. Yeah, really, yeah, that's the question. Yeah. But she was such a great oh, story, wasn't she? Their first ever beautiful. medal, and that yep. uh, being overcome with emotion. But I did find out a day later that she also won a million bucks and two houses. Oh, wow. Which was the Philippines. Have you got, which, some, have you got some dumbbells here? Yeah. <laughs> I might start training. Where, now, we pay $20,000 for a gold medal. Do In we? Australia, you get twenty grand. So I didn't know this. Emma McKeon's picked up $80,000. Mm-hmm. But the Philippines is a million. Mind you, they, they've never given away – they've never won a gold medal before. Yeah. I think Singapore's a million as well and Hong Kong. Right, what, I didn't yeah. know that. What about in Zimbabwe? You get $24 trillion. I suspect there'd be significantly less <laughs> in Zimbabwe. Yeah, it depends if it's US dollars Big or... Big number, but uh, yeah, probably not as much. Or local currency. But it's so exciting because our strength is in the pool and we did really well and we had to sort of lower our expectations so we thought about the track. And then, <laughs> then yes. we got this, you know, um, semi-final of the 100. And wasn't he great? Terrific. And didn't we, again, the armchair thing again, but I was watching it last night and when he, he didn't stumble, but his first step was just too short. And he said that. Out of the blocks. Yeah. And I was just like, oh God, he's ruined his stuff. And doesn't he look like a Disney prince? <laughs> he belongs, oh, yeah. he belongs on the stage, Frozen. Like he looks like he, Hans or yeah, um, who's the other yeah. bloke in Frozen? Um, uh, I Sven. Don't, I, no the moose. S- no, Spence the moose. Uh, the um, I know there's Elsa and someone else. Christoph. Anna, oh, Christoph, right, yeah. He Christoph. looks like he could be He could be one of those guys. He's just got that fantastic um, – it's not just his look, it's also the, you know, the, the, um, the way he speaks afterwards. He's funny, he's got a bit of a twinkle in the eye. Like, I just think he's terrific. He's got a very nice way and he's confident without being a knob about it. Yes. Ooh. He's just self-assured. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice, as opposed to, uh, speaking of knobs, actually we should just quickly shout out Brandon Stark who came fourth in the high jump, Yes, by yeah. the way. Yep. Game of Thrones, <laughs> Brandon Stark. I just think of Game of Thrones every time I hear his name. Brother really? of, I, go, I go Tony Stark, brother, Iron Man. Brother of uh, Mitchell Stark, why Australian did, cricketer. Why did Tony Stark never do a cameo in Game of Thrones? Just to help out the other Starks. <laughs> Would have been very weird if Iron Man just turned up all of a sudden hey, in Game of Thrones. Could have been much worse with that final season. <laughs> or as I dragons. like to say, Elisa Healy's brother-in-law. Elisa Healy's brother-in-law, yes. Works for me. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> very, very, they've got a lot of talent running around there. No, they have. Um, What's the knob? What do you want to, what knob are you talking about? Novak Djokovic. Oh, yeah. Oh, Can he, knob. once and for all, just get stuffed? I mean... <laughs> He plays his singles, gets beaten, and then, then pulls up. this injury bullshit. Yeah. Mm. And then costs the poor woman he was playing with in the mixed doubles. Well, she just has to forfeit. And she caught COVID off him. So. And uh, yeah, and he's probably off to some super spreader event somewhere. <laughs> what an. He is, he, is, he is one of the most unlikable. 
as a friend of mine said to me yesterday, Justin Hamilton, friend of the show, mm-hmm. said Novak Djokovic at the end of his career will be like Michael Corleone at the end of end of Godfather Two, oh. wondering where all of his friends are. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> wow, That's, yes. that is heavy. Uh, hard to like him. Really yeah. hard to like yeah. him. You know, and you'd think with all with that career choice, that much money, you'd think he'd be. A little bit grateful. A little bit more grateful. A bit he's, he's doing what a lot of us would love to be doing. <laughs> yes. He's at the top of his sport, but yet he's he's an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> he's really annoying. I do yeah. feel sorry for him a bit because he has to watch a lot of tennis, which I can't imagine anything worse. <laughs> well, really, I guess the question is, why is there tennis in the Olympics anyway? Oh, I agree. I agree. <laughs> oh, and this, you're, okay, you raised an excellent point here. And my, and I, you know, and this is something I've said for years, and my... This is my test. If an Olympic gold medal isn't the highest achievement in your sport, then that ah, sport shouldn't be at the games. Good call. So then, so you look at tennis, a lot of the best tennis players aren't there. That's right. Because they don't care. A lot of the best golfers aren't there because they don't care. And you know what? I'm even prepared to, even though we're very good at it, get rid of surfing. Wow. What about basketball? I suppose it's the highest your country can get. So but it's the highest your country can get, and I think that is it does make it slightly different. Oh, we got to get rid of soccer as well. Well, well, football. Yes, Which it's one, heading round ball football. Round yes. ball. It is heading in that direction because I know that the men's it's under twenty three and yep. it's the Ollie Ruse. The women are now mostly professional. Yeah. So mm. it, that doesn't really fit as much as I love the Matildas and oh. I'm very excited about watching them again yeah. tonight. tonight. Nine o'clock. Um, I, I agree. Where your sport has a World Cup, yeah. you don't really belong if, in the Olympics. If you went to Sam Kerr and said you've got your choice of any title you want, mm. Olympic gold would probably come in, what, third, fourth, fifth? Well, she's, won, she's won the English Super – I believe it's called the Super League. So she would put – Put, would you put that ahead of no, Olympic No, put champ- Champions League. Champions League. Yeah. World won. Cup. World Cup, yeah. World the Cup Engl- first, probably, then. World Cup first, Champions League, English Premier League. Yeah. Then, then, then gold medal for Australia. Yeah. Mm. Then W League. So, there, so, it's, so it's fourth. <laughs> you can't... Okay, what about, what about road cycling? Is that in the Olympics? Yeah, it is oh, in God. the Olympics. Mm. And I know a lot of the best cyclers didn't turn up because it falls in the middle of a cycling season. Ah. So they mm-hmm. haven't... Pulled out of their European uh-huh. season. So, you know, and I know road, road cycling has been in the games for a long time, but I just feel like. Yes. Uh, and I think the focus should be on bringing younger people to the Olympics. So, like they're doing with skateboarding and BMX, I think all that stuff belongs. I like it. Yeah. Because it needs to attract younger a younger audience. Um, so, here's the problem for me netball. So netball oh, yeah. has Should a World in. Cup, yeah. but if all those other schmucks are in there, well, why can't netball get in there as well? Yeah, you know, while well, you've got basketball, football, golf, would they mm. play devil's advocate? Ange, would they argue that it's not a global enough yes, sport? Yes, that is the argument Much like against cri- it. Like cricket, yeah, that is the argument. It's a Commonwealth sport, but still, um, it is my favourite sport. What, <laughs> could there be? Is there an issue that there would have to be then a men's netball? Oh, we don't care about men playing netball at all. Give us something that belongs just to us. No, Limo and I are actually now going to be... You can have your Wednesday night mixed netball and that's it. That's it. We have been marginalised in every other sport. Give us netball. Get your hands off us. Get get your mitts off our netty, would you? 
Do I make myself clear? <laughs> yes, boss. Sorry about that. Uh, so please don't talk so to the coach that way. You would, <laughs> you would introduce netball. Is there anything else you would, uh, Danny? Anything else you'd I'm like? I'm trying to, to think int- of a men's only sport uh, <laughs> since, <laughs> since that. All right, all right, what about uh, writing your name at the urinal? There we go. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Or in the snow. Mark. There you go. That's a, yeah. it's a winter sport. It's a winter sport. <laughs> Well, Aussie, I would love Aussie rules to be there because we do have the the international cup where Ireland traditionally win it. I uh, know, but just not enough, you know. No, we need to grow. Think long term, man. We need to grow the greatest sport in the world, yes, which yes, is Australian yes. rules football. Mm. When other countries see it, they will love it. We need to get this in as a I, as an Olympic sport. Okay, controversial question for the two of you. Go. Mm. You you've got a time machine. You can wind back the clock to you know. To be hanging out with Tom Wills in 1849, let's say, right? Before he'd he'd invented Aussie rules. Yep. And you twist twist his arm. I had a role to play in inventing Yeah, exactly. You can't say he invented it. No, no, I like to say he invented it. (laughs) Wow. And uh, he was the key key figure. He was the key figure. And, uh, And you convince him to not bother with it and let's just stick with soccer. Would you – because we would be one of the one of the better teams in the world if that was our number one yeah. sport. Would you take that? No. No. Because I want footy. Footy's great. Mm. But you could have – maybe you could be winning a World Cup at soccer. Yeah, well, I, I think we can do both. Mm. Uh, yes, I love having both. Yeah. There, there is nothing better than a football World Cup. Yeah. You know, when we're all barracking for the same yes. team, it yes. is a really special feeling. We all come together. Um and for me, uh, the Matildas will always have a special place in my heart because, you know, in 2000, they had to do a nude calendar to yeah. make some money, to get yeah, some yeah, recognition. Yeah. And look how far they've come. And now we recognise them for their actual football skills. <laughs> and I just have loved watching their progression. And now, potentially, they'll be going into a gold medal Match. I mean, it's very exciting. They're, I'm worried about Sam Kerr, though. They, so they were talking about resting her yeah. with general soreness. Yes, yes not starting. Really? Mm. No, that's not good. When you talk about other sports, though, I did have a left field suggestion. Oh, yeah, yeah, please. <laughs> After five rolling lockdowns, uh, yes. I am my family champion, or yeah. our family's champion, yes. with coits. Oh, oh, right. Coits, yes. Coits have kept me sane <laughs> over yeah, the past I love it. year and a half. The more I drink, the better I get. <laughs> I love coits. So I'm thinking get coits into maybe 2032 is a little too far away. Like when we go for Paris, yep. then I get a trip to Paris as well. Pretty good. And uh, I'm an Olympian. Is I like a, it. Do you play that as a team sport or is it individual? Uh, we play as individuals. Okay, but if we did have a team, uh, mm. what would you call the Australian coit team? The Russells? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you could be captain of the Russells, <laughs> Ange. Russells. Oh, it's a girl. I like it, yeah. No, it's maybe something that's a little less gendered. <laughs> don't, don't, be, don't be so binary. <laughs> Russell could be a girl's is, name. Can it? Is Russell Coit married in the series? I, I we know, does he, he have a reference of partner? Anyway, I, uh, that, well, that's my new favourite pastime. And I love it. And on the theme of getting better when you're drunk, let's introduce darts and pool as oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> what about a pub quiz as well? <laughs> I could represent Australia in a pub well, quiz. Well, you don't have to stand up. You can just no, sit I'll in a just, chair. There we go. Oh, it's great. <laughs> what about chess? Would you accept chess oh, as an Olympic yes. sport? Yes, I would. Yeah. 
Mm. It goes for a go, – it's a long. Don't they play for hours? It's, uh, I, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Do you play? Do either of you play? Limo does. I oh. do play. I'm well, t- there you go. I'm terrible. But, yeah, but, uh, but look, if it becomes Olympic sport, I'll actually take the lessons that they recommend I take after every game that I lose. So. <laughs> All right. We've done half an hour. We haven't even mentioned footy yet. Okay. Uh, it was Friday night. Um, Carlton played St Kilda. And I watched a brilliant game of football because Sam Kerr scored that winner. And it was just the best <laughs> moment. Who watched St Kilda Carlton when no you had one. the Matildas playing no the one. great playing Great Britain as well, just making it proper oh. evil. Tegan Micah should get a statue outside the MCG of her just saving that penalty. It was the greatest moment I've seen in round ball football for like two years. So exciting. I live with an Englishman, which just added oh, to the pleasure yes. of the whole thing. Um, his relationship with football is 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 complicated. <laughs> what team does he follow? In which in the in England? Well, you know where 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 he's from. Oh, Sunderland. Oh no wonder. Oh he hates God, it. yes. No we've, we've sat through the doco, so I now understand the pain. Yep. And he's a um, Well, and I've become a Sunderland fan. I'm sorry because I didn't have a Premier League team when we met. Yep. Um, not that they're in the Premier League anymore. <laughs> Where are they? League One now, which is so like third two, tier. Yes, third yep. tier. Um, and it became. I discovered pretty quickly that being a Sunderland fan, you're just looking at the bottom of the table to see if you're going to avoid relegation. Yeah, yep. That becomes your sport. <laughs> are we going to stay up or are we going down? And really, where's the fun in that? So he, he barracks for the Crows because he didn't have nice. an AFL That's team. Beautiful. We've given him some joy over the years. Yep. More often than not, playing finals, um, and in return, I get Sunderland. I mean, yeah. that's not right. Great documentary, though. Great documentary. Sunderland till I die. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we stick with our teams, don't we? We endure the pain. Mm. It's to be. Uh, what did I hear recently? It was a great quote. I said it's not to be enjoyed; it's to be endured. Where's that? Where's that line from? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but it was about sport, and they said it's not to be enjoyed; it's to be endured. <laughs> My favourite um, quote about about that is: "Football is a cruel mistress." <laughs> yeah. so you know what? It was the um, it was the documentary about the South African rugby team that won the nineteen ninety five World oh, Cup Invictus. And the coach kept saying, "This is an experience not to be enjoyed, but to be endured." <gasps> It's an amazing. I was just in tears on the couch. My wife is like, "Are you okay?" I said, "It's a rugby. It's a documentary about South African rugby." She's like, "You have officially lost it." <laughs> she just walked off. Anyway, Australia. So Australia beat Team GB. Yes. And uh, the are you up to speed with the Great Britain Women's Olympic Football Team Wikipedia page? Oh, I'm not. Oh, sorry. Uh, it was duly updated. Oh, post match. Right. To read as follows. The Great Britain Women's Olympic Football Team represents the United Kingdom in the Women's Football Tournament at the Olympic Games. Uh, Normally, no team represents the whole of the United Kingdom in women's football as separate teams represent England, Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland. They are currently owned by Sam Kerr. (laughs) (laughs) And point of pedantry, uh, Northern Ireland is not part of Britain. It is part of the United Kingdom Kingdom, of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Just uh, my heritage there. Doesn't matter how many they throw in, we still beat them. (laughs) We still beat them. I remember years ago, Australia beat England in a friendly in England. Yes, 2003. It was played at Highbury, I think. No, it was played at uh, Upton Park, West Ham's old ground. Oh, was it Wayne West Rooney's first game. 
Uh, that's right. It was too when he was about seventeen or something. Yeah. You know, he played played for England, but Australia won. And then someone, some quick thinking person in the crowd, quickly wrote up a sign and held it up at the game with about a minute to go. And the sign read, "You are now officially shit at everything." <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to the day when Australia men's team or women's team can beat England at a World Cup. Oh, yes. You know, that's where we want to be. That'll be awesome. I mean, that'll be great. And also shout out to Ange Postacoglu, Baptism of Fire, lost his first game at Celtic with a very dodgy free kick leading to the late goal. Also, a goal that was absolutely not offside was disallowed. Come on, Celtic. Give him some money so he can build a team. Will he be sacked by the end of the week? (laughs) (laughs) You know, actually, Ed Cavalli reckons that'll happen. And I mean, no way. They're right behind. That would just be... Nightmare. Anyway, in let's Ange we trust. Ange is Ange is my is in my top two Anges. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right, let's actually talk about I, footy. Uh, uh, can I just? Oh, hang on. No, all right. Okay. Can I we'll just? Get there. We'll get there, for, for players. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, can I just uh, say that we are thirty-two minutes into a podcast. Three days after the sacking of Alistair Clarkson, oh yes, and it has not come up yet. You are a, you are a Machiavellian man. You have absolutely masterminded this. Well <laughs> done, week. Limo. Good week to get sacked. Oh yes, Whereas a under lot of the radar. Not really under the radar, but not the biggest sport news no, of the week. No, yeah. a lot of distraction around this. So week. Let, shall we go there now? Let's sure. do it. We're yeah. here. Because I've yeah. got, I've got my, my only notes about uh, football is lids off, but we'll get to the Bulldogs. All right. <laughs> All right. Limo, how are you feeling? Uh, I am annoyed that we are letting the best coach of the modern era, 17 years, four premierships, just walking him, walking him out the front door, like packing his bags and walking out. How does that happen? Well, how does that happen? It happens at the... Around the boardroom table, presumably. Yeah, that's exactly where it happens. Jeff Kennett is obsessed with change and turnover, which is, you know, where he set the five-year term limits on the presidency. Mind you, he came back to the presidency (laughs) (laughs) a second time. Um, But it's just crazy. He's still a really good coach. He's still got an enormous amount of respect amongst the playing group. Mm -hmm. You know, he's definitely got the players there on board with Clarko. Um. But I just feel like there's this um, there's there are games afoot between mm. uh, Clarko and Kennett and Justin Reeves, and Jeff Kennett seems obsessed with the idea of getting rid of Alistair Clarkson, which is crazy, bizarre to me that you would chase that legacy. <laughs> you would chase the legacy of being the person who got rid of the greatest coach in the modern era. And so Jeff Kennett said at the start that all the board then was with him. With his thinking, yes. and now it's dropped down to nine board members. Do you think it's just going to get lower and lower? How many board members are there? I don't know, but it's the, the uh, numbers have changed. I, or I didn't realise there were more than nine. To be honest oh. with you, but if there are, but let's just say it's maybe ten it for was, argument's sake. But okay. what you're saying is a, a one, at least one yes, has come out. Yes, since there's been said. some shift in his uh, in his story about the amount of support that he's got. For, yeah, right. Yeah. I, uh, it, it, it's all just crazy to me. And look, if it comes down to, if you are butting heads with Alistair Clarkson and it comes down to a choice of you, it's got, one of us has to go, mm. surely the president goes. Mm. Surely the, surely so the president goes when the coach, we all know how hard it is to find a good coach. And you know what's happening right now in every football club in the competition? How do we get Clarko? Mm. They're having these conversations yeah, Be- right now. Bevo just, Bevo's just walked out on the dogs. He's yeah, going, yeah. I can't coach as well. <laughs> you know what? The only, bring Clarko in. the only safe coaches would be Bevo, uh, 
Damien Hardwick, probably. Yeah, you'd hope. <laughs> um, maybe Adam Simpson. But the only safe coaches are the Adam ones. Adam Simpson? Who, he's not safe. No, the ones who have coached premierships in recent years. Right. They'd be the only safe coaches. But we're coaches. told there's tension between Clarko and Mitchell, is there? Uh, I don't really know that there is tension between those two. Or mixed messages. The players um, are also, some people are saying that it's a little confusing having two of them there perhaps contradicting each other. I think the players are embarrassed about how this whole thing's rolled out. Right. And very very unhawthorn like Yeah, like we've really got to enjoy this. Right. Got to enjoy this, Ange. We've got to just drink in. I was looking at Facebook memories from the horrible three-peat years yeah. and just remembering the horrible arrogance. We've got to... I, do you know what my dream is, Ange? Tell me. You know, you know the curse of Norm Smith? That when Melbourne sacked Norm Smith, yeah. they've never won a premiership since. Yeah. This is what we've got here. Okay, so the broader conversation is... Does it work to have a coach in waiting? Is this sort of style it that didn't like work for Collingwood? Did uh, work for Swans. We talked about this uh, off did air. Did work for the Swans, which mm. is probably the only example really of but, it working. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think it. No. I don't think it works. I think it's. You know, Kirk, Sam Mitchell has very firm ideas of what he wants from mm. this team, and Clarko, of course, has very firm ideas. So they're gonna you're gonna butt heads. What do you, what do you, you think they're butting heads over? Whether you tank or not? <laughs> oh look, I'm I am we're clearly not on the weekend. We beat bloody Brisbane. I know. Can I point out a fun fact for you, Limo? Because this oh, it's probably not that fun for him. Limo yeah. all year, Ange, has been talking about uh, he wants, you know, the number one draft pick, wants Hawthorne to come stone motherless last. Please. Uh, but you now are two points from getting only the seventh best draft pick. <laughs> Which is just oh, it, if we win another game, game, I'll be furious. You just have to draw right, it. See, I don't have that view. And I'm down the bottom of the ladder, as you know. I like play the kids and just get excited. And, and winning creates that excitement. Yeah. You know, if you, if you start tanking, yeah. that messes with your head. And what if you continue that uh, mindset into the next season? Oh, like it's just you win. Keep but going. we're about to ch- we're about to change co- coaches. <laughs> Look, Clarko wants to go out with some wins. That's the problem. Yeah. So he's going to coach his backside off. But Clarko always does. Clarko, Clarko's not a tanking guy. No, he would never tank. Mm. But as a fan, I want the number one draft pick. I mean, you look at the look at the look at the last. Is it, pick. Is it a super draft? <laughs> No, but even but super How draft. How does is, it compare to past drafts? But super draft is irrelevant if you're getting up the number one pick. You don't care what happens after that. Look at you look at Sam, Sam Walsh and Matt Rowe. Let's take those two examples. Those two players were clearly the number one picks in their years, and they're going to be long term superstars of their football clubs. Yep. For the sake of one losing one game in round sixteen mm. against who, no one remembers who, mm. you get a 10-12 season. Genuine superstar, possible Brownlow medalist. Or your next best choice is just a risk. <laughs> right. Well, you, oh, you know, Clarko's awesome. going to go out with a bang, so you're not going to get it. You're yeah. going to finish on a score. We'll play Collingwood this week. We'll probably beat Collingwood by mm. 10 goals. Clarko is gone, isn't he? Like, Hang on, we can still play finals. Can we still play finals? See, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no one wants the eighth spot. No. Everyone is doing their best to not play it's finals this year. It's not a very shiny top eight, is it? It, it no, looks, looks no. like it's going to be a bit thin. Damien Barrett said it should be a top six this year. Just cut off free on West Coast. Know, really? Just do a top six. Oh, Damo, you've made a very good call, mate. <laughs> it I totally agree. <laughs> 
All right, let's. Yeah. Uh, what, what else have we got? Uh, do, do, dogs. Hey, let's talk about dogs, crows. Sorry, well, sorry, Andrew. But here's an admission I had to film something on uh, oh, really? Saturday, so I didn't even see it. Oh, well, let me tell you all no, about it. No, <laughs> no, but I, checked, I kept checking on the phone, so it, it, was, it didn't. Uh, did you hear Mark, Mark Rusciuto on, uh, on the Triple M broadcast? <laughs> there was a moment where, because he's on special comments, uh, there's a moment where there's a turnover in. Uh, the Crows forward line, mm. and just very faintly through his microphone, you hear Rue go, <gasps> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, really, yeah. The conflict of interest thing, it, it's not good. I like I, it, though. That's, no, what, that's what I want in commentary. No, I don't. I, I don't. You're either one or the other. I don't think you should be doing those two roles. It's I couldn't do it. I'd be I'd be f bombing the whole way through the match. It's just not. Well, I would. It's not I mean, possible. My unashamed partisanship is even criticised on this podcast. Right. I, I can't imagine what it would be like if I was a commentator who's expected yes. to be impartial. Yes, and well, women are held to higher standards. I'd be in all sorts of trouble. That's I wouldn't true. be able to get through it. But um, oh. look, on the crows this season, I, I've enjoyed watching some new young players. Run around with who are, your, who are your favourites that you've enjoyed? Well, Riley Tilthorpe is showing a bit. Yes, Thrillthorpe. yes, Tilthorpe. Yes. Yeah, is it West Adelaide? Isn't he? Is he come from Westies? Uh, Did I? Um, I think he might have been a Westies boy. Actually, Will Day, who's a, a Hawthorne young superstar, is mm. a Westies boy as yes. well. Sam Berry, I've enjoyed. Yes, watching yeah, Sam yeah, as well. Yeah. So the future is bright. Um, it's it's a rebuilding phase. Um, it's not something that the Crows are sort of used to doing. Yeah. It's what about um, Rowie's son? I'm okay. Oh, dynamic. Yeah. It's good. I, I did love that Rowie calling – he's uh, speaking about conflict of interest. Uh, Rowie <laughs> called his own son's first ever yeah. goal. <laughs> <laughs> and he yes. even chucked in a go, you good thing. Yeah, yeah. That's well, okay when it's my club, I suppose. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to I talk about my club and how good we are because this it was retro round on the weekend, 1990s retro round. We committed – we absolutely committed to being a, a retro round. Actually, the, the Crows helped us as well because not only was it – it was in Ballarat with a lot of long sleeves, a wind, a wind, squally breeze. There was definitely oh, yeah. a scoring end. There was beeping horns after every goal because some Dogs fans just parked on the outside of the ground and yes. treated yeah. it like it was country footy. And it was held in Ballarat, which doesn't have the internet yet. It is so <laughs> – it was so retro round. And, you know, in Ballarat, you can go even further retro round because they've got Sovereign Hill. <laughs> And Cryle Castle. <laughs> you could have medieval retro rounds. <laughs> Were there any shoulder pads? Uh, yes. <laughs> Josh Bruce looked a bit suspicious. <laughs> I, I did have a few people on Twitter suggested to me on Friday on the theme of retro round. Uh, Jeff Kennett. Uh, ruined the state in the 90s. Now he's ruining the Hawthorne yes. football club. Oh, the, yeah. the retro round. <laughs> I wasn't here in the 90s, so I have no idea what Jeff did to this state. But uh, we'll, we'll show you. <laughs> they get very grumpy about it. They do, you? they do. Yeah. No, um, you mentioned schools. Gosh, it's it doesn't sound like I did the right thing there. Um, I like the Bulldogs. Thank you. Yeah, my brother barracks for the Bulldogs. It's Top a very bloke. weird sort of family uh, trait. I don't know. He just adopted Footscray before the Crows – were in the AFL yeah. um, and stuck with them. He liked Libba, oh, yeah. Jose Romero, a bit of a sort of a, you know, an ethnic thing going on there. So he, he liked those players 
and stuck with them. Even, you know, when the Crows came in, he went, no, nah, got my team. Well, it's like Lemo with Hawthorne. Yeah. Lemo with Hawthorne. Yeah. Although Hawthorne had delivered me a significant amount of joy through the 80s, I don't imagine he got heaps of joy. No, he didn't. <laughs> but it, 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 I'm kind of proud of him in a way. I mean, I'd like yeah. to go to the footy and, you know, and sit together and barrack for the same team, but that's never going to happen. 97 um, prelim would have been awkward. Yeah, very awkward. You guys? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, let's move on. Geelong and uh, oh. Kangaroos. I've got some fun facts for God, this was, game because it wasn't that interesting. I was really barracking for North here. Uh, our friends at Useless AFL Stats pointed out that Cameron and Zach Guthrie both got the same amount of disposals. And w- is that the high 28 touches each? Is that the highest that two brothers have ever got in one game? No. Uh, Hang on, let me, get, let me guess. Okay, yeah, sweet. Uh, two brothers in one game getting more possessions than 56? Uh <laughs> than 56 each. No, 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 28 plus 28. Oh, right, right, right. Is that uh, what we're looking for? Yeah, yep. Uh, I reckon it's going to be Gary Ablett Jr. and his brother Nathan, but Gary Ablett Jr. will be about 45 <laughs> touches. <laughs> they are not – no, that's not – they've okay, never done that. is it uh, Lee and Kelvin Matthews? Nope. More recent. Is it Selwoods? Um, uh, no Selwoods, No. Gosh. Uh, um, brothers. There's one in the 70s. Uh, that's Bruce and Ian Nankervis, uh, both playing for Geelong. Both got 29 touches. Okay. The others oh, are more so, that, so hang on. You're talking the same amount of touches Yeah, each. same amount. Same yeah. amount. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. In the same game, on the same team. Yes. Uh, and more recent, so give us a decade. Uh, there's one. What, record is 36 touches each. In 2019. Colours? Could you give us some colours? You should be able to get this, Anne. <laughs> oh, There's geez. your clue. Oh, the Crouch oh, brothers. God. Matt and Brad Crouch. Crouch. 36 touches <laughs> each. Also, Kane and Chad Corns uh, did 32 touches each and 29 touches each twice. Yeah, oh, that wow. doesn't count. So that's fun. And the oh, other so the Crouch brothers hold the record? They do. 36 yeah, touches right. each. Also, uh, Sean Higgins played his uh, 250th game. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, his game number 50 played for the Bulldogs against Geelong. Game 150, played for North against the Bulldogs. Right. Game 250, played for Geelong against North Melbourne. (laughs) Every milestone's against one of his old. That's from Swamp. I love that. That's good gear. Fun fact. (laughs) It's good gear. (laughs) That's all I've got to say about that game. Yeah, all right. (laughs) I don't have much to offer in terms of AFL. That's all right. I was completely distracted by world sport. I'll fly through all my notes. You guys can just react. Uh, Collingwood uh, upset West Coast. Uh, Eagles are absolutely cooked. God, I enjoyed this. Have you heard of the Ewing Theory? Uh, No. no. What's the Ewing Theory? The Ewing Theory was uh, Bill Simmons came up with this in 2001, I think. Yes. Mm -hmm. Came up with the idea that... The New York Knicks played a lot better when Patrick Ewing was injured. Something about not having their best player galvanised them to become a better team. Right. Could this not only have happened with Scott Pendlebury being out and Collingwood got better, but I think a better example is the Eagles without Nick Nat. When Nick Nat is injured, when he did his knee, they won the flag. When he's there... They constantly disappoint. Interesting. Well, uh, um, you need a few more examples for that to float, though. Well, I we think. don't have time. No. So. <laughs> um, but is it now? That was Shannon Hearns. 300. 300. First eagle to get 300. That flabbergasted and, and me. And they performed like that. Mm. It was a very average performance. I mean, I think it, they had Collingwood had 11 goals. I think before the Eagles even kicked a goal. Yeah, I think so. Just disgraceful, but I loved it because it puts, pushes Collingwood a little further ahead of Hawthorne <laughs> down the bottom of the ladder range. Um, 
And then I was barricading for the Suns against Melbourne. Oh, yeah. Mm. Now, the, do, do we even talk about this? Do we comment uh, about training sessions? Who cares? Max gone, great banana the, goal. The only interesting thing about this is that Melbourne flew to Brisbane and yes. then stayed on the plane and flew back. Yes. Yeah. And seven hours, seven hours on a plane. Yeah. Max Gorn did a funny post where he took a photo of, um, who was it? A sleeping was it player. Was McDonald? I um, don't know who it was. And was it, all I know is it wasn't Clayton Oliver. It he, wasn't a wrenched. He took a fo- <laughs> he took a photo of him and he said he's got no idea. Sleeping on the plane, he goes he's got no idea what's happened. Should I tell him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seven hours on a Virgin flight as well because I don't know if you guys have flown recently, but Virgin have cut back on the in-flight entertainment. There's not as many movies to choose. So, oh right. God, you'd you'd, you'd want to at least get off and grab a book from the shop yeah, or something. Where you want to have your phone charged? Yeah. Oh yes. Uh, and then just the one of the. When I thought things couldn't get any worse for Hawthorne, Ange, <laughs> we go and beat Brisbane. I mean, what were we thinking? Yeah, I've got a quote from a friend of the show, oh. Mike from Brisbane, who's actually leading the They Came to Play tipping. Yes. Uh, he says about uh, Eric Hipwood, he says, I didn't think that Baby Giraffe was so integral to our game plan. We call him the Baby Giraffe because that's how he runs. Mm-hmm. I didn't think Baby Giraffe was so integral to our game plan, but we have been predictable with few attacking options since he's been out. Thank God there was one silver lining. Limo won't enjoy the win. <laughs> <laughs> so true. It's really annoying. I said, and on Friday, I put on Twitter, who should be the next president of the Hawthorne Football Club? And people had lots of responses. Some of the funnies, a lot of people being serious. Jason Dunn still got most yeah, nice. of the votes. But a few people suggested, said, oh, why don't you do it, Lee, mate, right? And then someone who is clearly... <laughs> listens to the pod, said, Lemo can't possibly become president after he spent every week this year praying for Hawthorne to lose. <laughs> <laughs> and he's been encouraging the team to tank all year. So, yeah, yeah, I reckon enough. there may have been other presidents in the past who have shared that mindset, though. Well, actually, in my defence, I think Jason Dunstall has been quite open about his desire. <laughs> that was uh, Anthony on our Twitter. Anthony, Good on you, Anthony. Yeah. Shout oh. out to you. Very funny. Thank you, mate. Uh, anyway, yeah. God damn it, the Hawks won there. So annoying. <laughs> a, a, a shootout, though, between um, Essendon and Sydney. I didn't, I, Man, didn't, I actually didn't watch this either. But This I, match deserved a crowd. It's such a shame that there was no crowd for this because it was electric. It was a brilliant game. What I hate about this is I worry that Sydney are the dark horse for the flag. I'm so scared of they're the reverse in, 16. They're in really good form. Yep. What is so worrying about that? Because I hate Sydney. Well, is that just a... It's a recent rivalry thing. But also mm. just, uh, you know, um, draft cheats, salary cap cheats. <laughs> it's just the changing general, the rules. Just general cheats. Stole buddy. <laughs> yeah. It's the yeah. only team that's yeah. beaten his team yes. in the grand final yes. in living yes. memory. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I wasn't aware that it ran so deep, though. I didn't realise that. I thought your, your sort of and then big they, rivals were elsewhere. But They inflame it by, you know, the mid-season draft. They had a crack at Hawthorne about cheating the draft over yeah. getting John Newcomb because he put a price on his head. All completely within the rules. Okay. Yet they've rorted the academy system for years to get pretty much their entire playing <laughs> list. I'm pretty – no, I like the academy system. I think it's pretty good. <laughs> oh, yeah, they get the number one pick. Yeah. I mean, this whole thing is – Right, it's, okay. It's okay. a farce. Good. Got up to speed. Uh, anyway – Good on you, Sydney. All the best for the finals. <laughs> I will hope. Uh, Jake Stringer has scored. Uh, he got a couple of goals, but he wasn't as dominant as he's been in the last month, and that's because he's finally signed his contract. Jake Stringer always plays well when it's contract negotiation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what? And it's not signed him for three years. What they should have done? Week to week contract. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Smart move going yes. forward. Uh, Frio. Uh, Frio in the eight. 
Did I yes, read that Rhea correctly? Yes, in the eight, and this was the best shit game I've watched in a long time. Oh, this was fantastic. And I want to give a shout-out to one of your former colleagues. Mm. Eddie Maguire commentated it really well. And I, I was just thinking, you know, if it wasn't for the whole Collingwood yeah. and Eddie Everywhere and some, all of his gaffes, he would be a really beloved commentator. He's a very good commentator. A, he was great. He, yeah. It just comes with those other layers, though. That sort of yeah. takes, you know, takes away from, yeah, his ability. Now, I've got a theory on this. Frio yeah. wore their retro jumper. Uh-huh. Oh, and it made yeah. Richmond play like it was the 90s. Right. Oh. And a heartbreaking <laughs> loss. Oh, this yes. jumper has magic powers on its opposition. Right. Frio needs right. to play. Who else was terrible in the 90s? If they, you know, they, they play. They could play the dogs for a bit. Uh, I mean, you, you want it, Ant? You wanted them to wear that so the crows go back to back. Melbourne, cool. We were good in the in the late. Oh well, no, ninety three. Yeah, ninety three. Yeah. We also did well. Ninety three, ninety seven, ninety eight. Yep. yep. Don't want to wear it against the kangaroos. Oh dear. <laughs> uh, Matt Tabernard kicked two of the best goals of the round, and that's all I have to. And you know, just and uh, Richmond cooked. Or are, they, or are they still flag favourites? What are they? Uh, <laughs> no, no, Richmond still flag favourites. Thought Tell so. me about that. Thought so. Even though they've lost four of the last five, but what, you know what I love again? The, the ladder is even closer now. Yeah. Than it was. So you've got one game separating eighth to thirteenth, and this is yeah. the most delicious final. Three rounds from a top eight perspective in years. It's not much fun if you're not in it, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, you know, bit, oh, I'm, so, I bored, really I'm so bored up the top. <laughs> I would, but I'd love the final spot in the eight to be still open going into the final. I'd oh, love yes. three or four teams to still yes, be up for it. Yes, I mean, uh, I'm I'm going to go for the dogs. Hey, yeah, welcome. Yep, yep. Just for the just for this final Lids series. Yeah, Lids, <laughs> Lids off. off over Melbourne. Yes. That's I know. Right. Don't I be- know. I feel bad because it's the fairy tale, but I'm not. It's not my fairy tale. Oh, I was talking to one of the other coaches at Auskick. That's what our coaches do. Yes, coach. Uh, <laughs> in the coach meeting. And, oh, sorry, uh, we haven't been calling you coach yeah, this whole podcast. No. Sorry, we really dropped the ball there. No didn't respect. We? <laughs> when we go through the post podcast review, uh, I'll show you your Reddit. And uh, uh, he no, it, uh, he said that I was talking about the curse of uh, of Norm Smith, curse mm. of the Red Fox, as they call it. Uh, and he said, "No, do you know why? That's not because they soaked." sacked Norm Smith. It's because that is the year that the government deregulated the banks and therefore they could make more money and the footy gods were angry at the greed of all the bankers who are all Melbourne supporters and that's why they've not won a flag <laughs> since then. Ah, yay for the stereotypes. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't understand it because I was smoking meth. Uh, so. <laughs> what would I know? I'm just a public school girl from, yeah, from Adelaide. And I, I don't know either. I was busy signing up my dog to a Hawthorne member. <laughs> if we're gonna, yeah, 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 that's the cliche about hawks. <laughs> um, Good optimism, Leafs. And then finally, uh, Port beat GWS, and uh, which uh, knocked GWS out of the eight. And I don't know, Port, Port is so up and down. I don't know what to think about Port. Yeah, so are the Giants. They're up and down as well. The only real note I have from this is uh, the Foxtel fake crowd is not as good as the Channel Seven fake crowd. Right. The, the Foxtel fake crowd, I think, was at I don't, I don't know. They were at a different. Recording different sport, maybe it was a bit Sheffield Shield. I, I feel like the Channel Seven fake crowd; they've got a bigger suite of options yes. available to yeah, them for yeah, crowd yeah. noise. Whereas I feel like at Foxtel, there's like cheer and ooh, and that's about it. Uh, so that's uh, that's the end of the round there. Um, and what are you looking forward to this week? There's so much Olympic joy ahead of us over the next oh, five or six days. Yes. Well, the first thing will be Matilda's Sweden tonight. Yes. Um, I think they can do it. 
I think they can do it. I'm worried about Sam Kerr, like you said earlier. Maybe, yeah. maybe we'll have the Ewing theory. Maybe without yeah. Sam Kerr, we're even better. Well, who's, yes. Who's yes. in the other? Do you know who's in the other semi? It is USA US and, and not Netherlands. Is it Brazil? Yeah. I. You know what? God, I'd love us to beat the US in a final. Oh yeah. Yeah, I also, I mean, yeah, of course I would be barracking for Australia, but I have a, a special place in my heart for the US women's football team for everything they have done yes. to push the dial. And who's there? Who's there? Oh, they're so playing, hey, USA playing Canada. Ah, oh, grudge. Right. Good, good rivalry there. <laughs> yeah. good. Oh, come who's, on, Canada. Who's their superstar player? Who, Megan Rapinoe. Megan Rapinoe, who's been a real advocate for could, women in sport. Could yeah. not love her anymore. And she is... You know, when you say, who would you like to have dinner with, you know, and all that sort of stuff. She's my number one dinner guest, Megan Rapinoe, has done so much, yeah. as that team has, in speaking out and going to court over the pay issue. Yeah. The women in the States bring in more revenue. They're recognisable. They win more than the men. They tick all the boxes, but yet they're paid less than the United States men's football team. Ridiculous. I mean, it's yeah. So they've um, they've pushed and pushed and pushed and been very very public in their in their battle uh, for equality. So I like them a lot, but not when they're playing the Matildas. <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely they not. Are, they so, will be a very deserving bronze medalist. Yes, indeed. I wonder how many million dollar women's footballers would there be? I mean, Sam Kerr is a million dollar. Yeah. Footballer. Hope Solo. She would be she's got pretty good. But really it's probably just a handful, really, isn't it? It's a handful. But yeah, the landscape is changing and it's a lot to do with the way that these women have said we've had enough. Yeah. You know, and even at this Olympics, um, Women speaking out has been a real theme that I, you know, have latched onto. Um, Simone Biles, you know, not just not mentally. Uh, able to continue competing, and that is her decision. Yeah, but yeah, what is so? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I know. Should I be surprised? <laughs> the number of sort of mediocre men who have then come out and said, called her weak and but a it's quitter. I- it's interesting to me how it's so everything is enmeshed in politics these days. Yeah. So everyone who's come out as a right wing, yeah, <laughs> you know, like Piers Morgan. <laughs> Who's, is, is there a greater flog on the face I mean, of the earth uh, than yeah, Piers Morgan? Yeah. He is one of the all-time, all-time <laughs> bullies. Oops. You know what he's – there is a – he was on his breakfast television show and this to me is the perfect metaphor for Piers Morgan and his life and most of these types of people, right? Mm. They had some contestants on from Love Island, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And Piers, there's this blonde girl there, um, probably not the smartest – Girl on the planet, who cares? You invite her onto the show. She was on Love Island, whatever, right? And Piers Morgan says to her, so um, so do you like uh, you like reading? What's your favourite book? Oh. Right? And she goes, oh, I'm not really reading anything at the moment. And he goes, oh, right. Well, there were no surprises there. So what about um, what's, mm. uh, what's pie? Ask what pie is, right? And, uh, and she says... Um, uh, what does she says? Oh, I've got no idea. And then, but it was really embarrassing for her in that moment. Yeah. He, he made her look stupid. Yeah, bully. And then it comes back to Piers, and they said, "Oh no, what was?" And now I'm forgetting the thing. But <laughs> pi pi r squared is a circle, right? Uh, that's, that's the radius of a circle. Is the no, the area of a circle is pi r squared. And he goes, oh, he said something about a hypotenuse. He mixed uh, uh, up uh, circles and triangles. <laughs> right, right? right. He mixed up circles and triangles. 
And I thought, here's a bloke yes. who doesn't know the difference between a circle and a triangle yeah. bullying a girl because he thinks he's smarter than her. Oh, and I, and it, to me, it was the perfect metaphor. You think you're the smartest bloke in the room. You're actually an idiot and you're a bully. He is insufferable. I mean, yeah. has he competed at the World Championships while passing a kidney stone? No, he hasn't. <laughs> Simone Miles is – she personifies strength – you know, grew up in foster care, yeah. was adopted by her grandparents, um, abused by the, the, the team doctor, um, passed a kidney stone while competing at the World Champs, uh, has added so much degree of difficulty to her routines that judges are flummoxed. They don't even know how to judge her. They yeah. don't know how to rate her ability. It is so extraordinary. And she's, she was getting the twisties in the air, which is when you don't know where the ground is, and decided I cannot keep going in this competition. It's not going to be good for me. Mm. That's her decision. But also also not good for the team because she wasn't scoring well. well so it was, actually a, it was actually a team decision uh, as, as well. And it's this knee-jerk response from some people mm. to not believe mental health. Yeah. You know, it's like their default position is not to believe. She has done – Society such a service by saying I'm I'm not able to continue. Liz Cambage, Naomi Osaka, these women are changing the sporting landscape. We should applaud them for their strength, Absolutely. rather mm. than just pile on and not believe them. I mean, I um I was fired up about that. And Ange, I'm gonna let you finish, but uh, Tom Boyd had one of the best mental health re- retirements of all time. <laughs> yes, yes, that's so true. And yeah. it's also the stuff about the uniforms, what women wear when they compete in sport. Yes, we should go back to the ancient Olympics. Everyone's naked. Yeah. Uh, Everyone. I well, want to watch the, the, uh, the men's weightlifting. Uh, Just watch how careful they are putting it back down. They're not going to throw it down. They're going to very carefully put it back there's down. There's no dropping two grand deniers. So. <laughs> <laughs> only men competed at the ancient Olympics, so we're only going to see men's bits flopping around. Yeah, we're not going to see any I'm women. An equal opportunity. Uh, <laughs> I don't know whether I – to be honest, <laughs> I don't want to see the 100 metres like that. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so prude. Well, we nearly did when Matt Shervington was racing <laughs> for Australia. Um, he could have pole vaulted after that. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. But good, on, but good on Pink for coming in and offering to pay the fine of that Norwegian. Yes, the beach handball team. The handball team, They yes. wanted to wear shorts instead of bikini bottoms mm. because it's easier to play in the shorts. And the ruling body said, no, you can't do it. You slapped them with a fine. And Pink said, no, nah, I'm going to pay that. The Australian women's beach handball team supported their Norwegian sisters. They want to wear shorts. Uh, we've seen the German gymnasts um, rock up in the full piece, yeah. full length uh gear, the unitard, um, because that's what they're comfortable in. I mean, women need to have more say in what they wear. Or you know? everyone's naked. That <laughs> <laughs> solves everything. <laughs> All that. You worry about commercialisation of sport. No one's wearing Nikes uh-huh. <laughs> with my idea. <laughs> I don't think this is a risk, but let's keep Danny off the International Olympic Committee. <laughs> <laughs> or as I call it, sexy times. <laughs> uh, well, who knows what's going to happen in Paris 2024. Well, yes. Uh, European attitude towards nudity. I like this. Uh, yes. yeah. um, I'm all for nudity, yeah. but we just need to have – it just needs to be um, consistent. Absolutely. Everyone naked. You know, That's well, uh, across if, the board. Well, if women have to play with wedgies, then men should be playing yeah. with right. wedgies. The men should be playing with wedgies as well. Equestrian, no, no, no saddles. <laughs> The Actually, horse has to be naked too. <laughs> Do we know how Bruce Springsteen's daughter has gone? Has she no, competed yet in no the question? I must Google that. That's one job for today. <laughs>
Hey, uh, <laughs> and then just let me know. And I'll, I'll go. I'll keep you posted. Uh, and uh, mm. what? Now uh, we're going to wrap this up now. But mm. uh, what can we plug? What's going? Where can people get their mitts on your um, documentary? Uh, the documentary is still on Amazon Prime. And in fact, uh, today is the deadline for us to enter our documentary into the Actor Awards. Uh, So we're halfway through our submission. (laughs) I'm hoping it's saved because you know when you're filling out a submission, if you don't save as you go, (laughs) it can be a disaster. No, so we've got till five o'clock today to get that in. We're going for the best uh, TV docu-series. Nice. Great. Um, So that's that's Uh, What's it called for for anyone? So that's the record. So that was the story of Australia's uh, women's T20 World Cup campaign and the uh, campaign to fill the MCG to get the biggest yes. crowd for a women's sporting event fell about 4,000 short. Um, but because of a what? pandemic. Because there we were on the cusp of a pandemic yeah. and a few corporates didn't show up, which always happens when, you know, we've got big sporting events. Um, so, yeah, we're really proud of that, Doco. It kept me occupied during last year when, you know, I'm so lucky because people in the arts struggled with projects falling oh, yes. over. Yeah. We were lucky that we had Cricket Australia in our corner and we kept going and, and got it done. Um, so that's still on Amazon. Great. Uh, I'm also doing broad radio oh, with brilliant. a good friend of ours, yeah, Joe Stanley. Jo- She's on the show next week. <laughs> Who is our ah. guest next week. You're letting uh, a Collingwood fan on the show? <laughs> I know. <laughs> just to tease him. Just, just, one, just one per season. <laughs> we love Joe. I love working with Joe. Um, did you interview my mum on Broad Radio? We did. Hey, I, was, oh. I knew that was Joe. The mum was on for, for International Women's Day. My she, mum has a party with her mates. Every, oh, and they've okay. been doing that for oh, decades. Love your mum. Say hi from Can us. Do. She's <laughs> a ripper. Um, yeah, and, you know, a few other little bits and pieces. Just living the freelancer life, yeah. you know. Some things fly, some things don't. Yeah. Well, you He's get, by the way, we it. have a Patreon. Um, if you could help out people, we, <laughs> yeah. we lost a lot of gigs. Yes. Oh, and also, um, Apple have kind of screwed some of people's feed of this show. So if you uh, are talking to a friend who you know listens to the show and they said there hasn't been new episodes, that's happening on my phone. You've just got to manually search for them. And if, you know, it's a good way for you to bring up the show and word of mouth is actually yes, how podcasts indeed. spread. So please uh, tell friends about this podcast and how great it is. And uh, rate the podcast, uh, give it a review and that'll help get the word out there. Uh, yep. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Ange Pipos. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me on. I was going to mention Adelaide's win over Hawthorne and I was going to gloat about it, but then you actually would have liked that result. Oh, it was fantastic. Oh, okay, so that's Great enough. result. Machiavellian. Never barrack so hard for the crows. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Danny McGinley. Lids off. Go dogs. <laughs> Go Hawks. <laughs>